Hey everyone, thanks for joining us for Let's Talk Recovery. My name's Aaron, this is Caleb. We're just grateful to have you guys back with us here again today. Um, and just a reminder, as we get started, be sure to check us out on our social media, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, um, wherever you're listening at on your you know favorite podcast channel, Apple, Google, Spotify, like and share, um, leave comments, leave phenomenal reviews, just help us to grow this platform, the reach, um, just to, to get this out here as we really endeavor just to, to shape and to change recovery culture, um, not just in your church, or um, in your life, but in your community as well. And then, as always, I want to plug Caleb's book, Pursuing Freedom. You can get your copy today on Amazon. Um, anywhere else? Just Amazon. Just Amazon. Just Amazon. I so, mean, where else do I need to be? Uh, that's true. Um, <laughs> the, the world's largest retailer isn't enough for you. It's uh, the world's Walmart. <laughs> Oh, man. Except you can wear less clothes than shopping at Amazon. That's true. So. That's true. <laughs> kind of like actually more trashy. When you <laughs> well, we're off to a good start. Yep. <laughs> well, um, I'm excited about today's uh, topic um, because, one, it's hopefully offensive. Two, it gives us the opportunity to, to rant. Um, I enjoy good rant. So Good offensive good. <laughs> rants. That's what we live for. Yep. Um, We've been and... holding back all this time. <laughs> Uh, so it's, it's funny. I didn't tell Caleb this. I actually woke up. I was I was working on a different topic, and I wasn't too happy with it. And I was asleep. I woke up in the middle of the night, and I'm like, um, I don't know if I was dreaming about something or what. And I'm like, this is what we'll talk about. And so <laughs> I wrote this topic down at like 3 a.m., um, which may sound weird to a lot of people. I do this frequently. 3 a.m. I'm typing stuff in my phone, but. Um, it's uh, living in a post-Christian America and holding on to your convictions in your recovery. That's what we want to talk about. Um, that sounds way more intellectual than I am, personally. <laughs> yeah, don't let them fool you. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't, don't let the big words <laughs> fool you. Um, you got it off the internet. In <laughs> <laughs> yeah, second, you might be like, what in the heck are you dreaming about? <laughs> this is the topic. I have no idea. But um, we want to talk about that, living in a post-Christian America and holding on to your convictions and your recovery. And so that is... Um, it's a broad statement, um, and unless you're familiar with uh, just different things, it's uh, possibly a difficult statement to kind of grasp. And so we're gonna break this down. We're gonna talk about what this looks like, how this pertains to you. Um, hopefully we're gonna throw some things out there that challenge us because in those challenging moments, that's where we grow as people. So we wanna make sure and do that. If, if everything you ever show up and hear from us is good, it makes you feel great, then we're probably not doing our job very well. Um, but we need to start, before we talk about what a post-Christian America is, we need to talk about kind of the, the beginning of our culture here. And uh, Caleb is, quite the historian. I know this is actually um, one of his favorite things to talk about, I think. I mean, just from um, our personal conversations. Yeah. I thought you'd enjoy yeah. the founding. and Yeah. yeah. So um, I'm going to let you open up with what, okay. how, how do, if we're going to be post-Christian, that means we were, were Christian. So what's that look like? Well, you know, the, the history of America was where a bunch of atheists fled Europe to escape persecution from the church, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, wait, no, that's not yeah. it at all. That's completely backwards. It's, yeah. That must it's, be 619 <laughs> or something. <laughs> yeah. No, actually, uh, yeah. So our, you know, country, regardless of what you may have hear, heard recently on the on the interwebs or the the media, it's, it's, we didn't escape, you know, Europe so we could come over here and and sell slaves. Like we came over here because we were actually kind of escaping some of our other Christian brethren coming over so we could practice our religion freely. And so um, you have the pilgrims that come over and everything that. They, they established their colonies and um, what would eventually become America 
on the on the precepts of Christianity, on the the again the idea of um, being able to practice their faith freely, and you know this was no small undertaking. Like you want to talk about living out, out our convictions today. Think about these people back then, where you're getting on a boat um, and you're you're traveling. It was like oh, I'm probably gonna somebody who's maybe more historical is gonna correct me, but I think it was like a three week trip from you know on a boat over from a uh, from Europe to to the the, the Americas and um, you've got families you got you know s- small children you've got pregnant women um, getting on like I said getting on a boat sailing to a place that's not civilized at all like not there's no you know what what they would consider modern amenities and those kinds of things also they could practice their faith freely and you know we we won't you know we won't post something that could be, you know, r- remotely offensive on social media today because it supports our faith. Like, so you, I mean, these people had some convictions, right? Yeah. And so they go <clears throat> sell to America, um, establish the colonies, and they do that for a while, and then eventually, I mean, how, mu- how much history do you want? I mean, we go all the way through no, revolution. You don't, uh, yeah, you don't have so, to, so they, well, it's I mean, of, uh, you know, sixty thousand feet. Yeah, yeah. So we go. I was. So we jump, jump fast forward to where, where we're starting to um, gain our independence. And, um, you know, part of what gained our independence was uh, the, the, the pastors of the day, this thing called the Black Road Reg- Regiment, where these pastors would preach against the, um, you know, the overreach of the British government and, you know, being subservient to them and not being free and how, as, as all creatures of God, that we are free. And obviously there was a very big, you know, uh, with slavery, there was a little bit of a heresy there. You know, they were being a little, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, you know, when you say one thing and you're the other. Hypocritical. Hypocritical. Yes, thank you. I don't know why I couldn't think of that one. I hear it all, you know, you hear it all the time in church. But um, <laughs> so obviously there was there was a little bit of, uh, there was hypocrisy there in how they treated slaves. But um, again, the Christian church is what, what helped push for revolution and then um in the founding of our you know in our founding documents we see that that you know we're the only country that's based on a creed right not on a monarchy or you know a dictatorship or something like on a person but we're 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 founded on a creed that all men are created equal that we're all endowed by our, our right our creator with with certain rights and um and that was the premise for the Bill of Rights. Yes, and that well, that's yeah. Then the our Declaration of Independence, and um, that we again, we as human beings have a right to be free. We have a right to to life, liberty, and, and the pursuit of happiness. And that was again, we're the only country in the world that's been founded on on an idea. America is an idea. It's not, you know, the government or any of those things. It's the idea that. As a human being, you have a right to be free because God created you and God created us to be free. And so, um, you know, then they say things, uh, um, you know, our founders, there's there's a bunch of nonsense like, oh, our founders were, they didn't really believe in God or they were deists or whatever, which deists is somebody who believes in a God but doesn't believe that God is involved in the, in the world in which he created. And it's like, well, you know. I don't know, all those supposed deists prayed a lot, so why would you pray to a God that's not involved in, in the world? So that, that's a bunch of nonsense. And then, you know, we created um, our government. The, you know, our founders said that, you know, this is a, a government that's founded for 
a moral people. So their expectation is that we would be a moral people, that we would follow the precepts of Christianity, the Judeo-Christian um, beliefs. I mean, there's, you know, there's a, a thing called the, the Christian work ethic that would, that came out of that time period where, because as Christians, you believed in hard work, um, as, as, as a, uh, you know, the Bible tells us to work as if we're working for God, not for man. And so they took that to heart. And so there's, like I said, they, they, they termed it the, the Christian work ethic. And so there's all this, um, our, our foundations came from a Judeo-Christian worldview and beliefs. And um, we actually followed that fairly well till, um, I mean, and that, that eventually is what led to the abolition of slavery. And then um, we started, we, 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 we followed that fairly well as a country until, oh, we, about the 1920s. And then that's when things started to go downhill when we started to get the, uh, uh, Woodrow Wilson was our first progressive president who really pushed for government to be more of a, a role and it expanded the role of government and that kind of thing. And then obviously we hit the 60s and we hit counterculture revolution yeah. where we're gonna, I'm gonna fight the man and the, the establishment <laughs> and the power and everything. We're just gonna revolt against everything that's traditional. And so th that's probably where we start the ball rolling really for post-Christian society, yeah. which is where we're at today. Yeah, and so I just do um, kind of just reiterate what Caleb said, you know, just from, from the beginning, you know, kind of the, what was taking place here you know it might have this initial spark was something different you know when you had columbus coming over here it wasn't for religious reasons it was completely financial and we yeah. first had that exploration but really from the the first institutions of, of colonies and and people groups over here it was largely just centered around that freedom and the vast majority of it centered around religious freedom and that that continued those two things continued to play out um to and it's just interwoven in everything we do and so um everything about our culture um whether you're an atheist or not the the truth of the matter is those the whole western culture really is centered around jesus i mean that's where we get women's rights from the very beginning jesus walked up on the scene um women didn't have rights before then that, that's a that's a christian um ethic there a value that that comes from that and of course was um put into american society you know we've had women's rights movements um throughout the history of our country that wouldn't have been able to take place had it not been for um christian culture and the things that jesus instituted so uh, long ago um the fact that children have value again that, that's a christian concept mm -hmm. before jesus rolled on the scene children were <laughs> they were they were uh, farm equipment <laughs> that type of yeah, thing soldiers they workforce yeah that's um, why you had a bunch of them so you could have a bunch of <laughs> people work for your on your farm yeah, yeah. and uh, i mean you would actually have people that would just leave their children out to die in the elements if they decided uh, i can't care for them or there's some type of birth defect and and after um jesus's death uh, crucifixion resurrection and the start of the way um you would actually have christians go pick up these babies well so when you look at america all these values they hadn't been instituted into a government or into a state um, in any significant way, you know, the Romans kind of did it, but they missed it with the whole Catholic Church thing. Um, we won't talk about that today, but, um, and that's actually one of the things that the people were escaping. You know, America's founding is really tied um, closely to Reformation as a yeah. whole. Um, but so these things, um, these concepts, these things that Jesus pushed for, um, one of the greatest culminations to man's ability that we see in our modern world was with America. And so 
that's the whole basis again for our, for our Bill of Rights. You know, these were all things that they looked at and said, what's God's natural law? That's our Bill of Rights, that those things are, are what's given to us. And so we have all of that. And then America is a booming Christian um, culture, community, um, country. There's, there's a rise of believers. Um, uh, you know, America is one of the most generous, still to this day, um, the most generous yeah. country yeah. in the world. And um, that's, that's voluntary gener- generosity, <laughs> not government-opposed generosity. Marxist, communism, yeah, socialism. It's <laughs> like, yeah, there's, no, we're, America's the most charitable country and that, again that's we you know we we fund more missions and orphanages and you know all that kind of, christians christians yeah. do so all of that is a result of the fact that we're interwoven um with christian ideals and so again even if you're an atheist this these concepts have been intertwined and, and ingrained in you whether you knew it or not or or like it or not and and i would argue that you look at these things as um champions of people's rights they come from christ yeah and so that that's our culture and our culture set in morality um and and it's great you know people want to be decent people want to do the right thing um, for the most part i mean that's that's kind of the culture of our country um you, you actually had laws against ignoring crime here and those types of things and these were all new concepts um, and so that's that's a Christian society, one that that's following the, the teachings of Jesus, um, that the moral compass is is set to that, all of those things. So that's what we see um, for a very long time, up until we start getting um, into the 1900s, um, 60s, you know, those types of things where um, we begin to deviate and we begin to, to rebel against these institutions. And that's where we start to, to move from a Christian culture to a post-Christian culture, where over the last 60 years, there's some things that have been attacked and continued to attack. Um, and, and one of those, one of the biggest ones is, is the family as a whole. You know, we know that God defined marriage um, in, a, in a particular way. He defined family in a particular way. Well, as we become post-Christian, that's one of the things that are attacked. And because of that, um, we, have, we have a significant divorce rate in this country, over 50%, I think, um, is the, the average divorce rate. Um, we have single parent households that's wildly out of control. Absent fathers. Well, if you look at what the, the Christian society would do, those things, um, they wouldn't be okay. <laughs> you know, they'd be like, hey, what are you doing? Um, stay married to your wife. Um, take care of your children. That, that's what you need to do. That was the Christian culture. But the farther we swing post-Christian, not only does that become more acceptable, but people make excuses for it. And, and they even rebel against the whole institution of marriage. But it doesn't stop there. I mean, there's other areas um, that we kind of uh, pick up on. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, everything about our culture yeah. definitely has moved that. You know, the biggest shift has been where, as Americans, where, you know, we understood, um, and this is where we've seen uh, the degradation of our form of government. So here's a little civics lesson for a lot of people. We are not a democracy. We're, we're a representative republic. A democracy is a is a majority majority rules government, right? So that means you got 100 people in the room, 51 people vote for something. That that's what goes, right? Yeah. Majority rules. So that's that's not good for minority, yeah. right? The minority in the vote. Not, I'm not talking about minorities. I'm talking about as an ethnic class. I'm talking about whoever's in the 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 49, right? So. Um, you know, if we were if we were a democracy, a pure democracy, slavery wouldn't have been abolished. Like that would have happened because we we don't you know 
our system of government allowed for that to happen. So we're, we're a representative, representative republic. We're a federalist system, meaning that we're a, a group of states that have come together, and each state operates like its own country. But we've come together into an association to say, together we're going to function under a federal government, but the power should be with our states. And so what we've seen, though, is that in the reason we're, we're, we're like that is that in, ever since our founding, we understood that our rights don't come from government. Our rights come from God. And because if our rights come from government, government can take those rights away. Yeah. And, you know, that was a problem after we won freedom uh, from the Brits was that we formed our, the, the government we formed, we formed with the Articles of Confederation. And because our people, founders, were so against a strong central government, that Articles of Confederation were too weak. Our federal government was totally anemic and, and worthless and there was nothing they could do. And so then they came back together after a period of time and, um, and they, they wrote the Constitution, which gave our federal government still more power, a little more power to function as a representative of the states, um, but not, they, again, they, you know, they, they weren't going to ratify that, that Constitution without the, the first ten amendments, which was the Bill of Rights, which, to, which was to guarantee individual rights, right? And the first one is freedom of, of religion, um, which that doesn't mean the government, th there was no intention there with uh, the government to not be associated re with religion, you know, that, that, like now everybody says that, like, oh, they can't say anything religious whatsoever. It's like, no, it wasn't, um, it was, it was against the government establishing a government or religion because that was what the, that's what they, they fled from in the first place. So anywho. Catholic Church. <laughs> yeah. Um, they, uh, he's really trying to get some angry emails today. So. <laughs> But what's happened now is that we've shifted away from that system and, and we've replaced God with government. And, you know, and now everything talks about, everything is about our federal government. The federal government runs everything and, and it doesn't represent the, the form of government we were established to have. Yeah, so when you do that, you replace God with government. You know, one of the things that had happened, rather than um, God defining human life, government defines human life. Whether, uh, rather than God defining morality, government defines morality. Um, you know, so all of these things that are our rights, rather than God defining our rights, government defines our rights. And so what we've seen, and the reason we've drifted into what we would call post-Christian society, which I would say we're fully arrived there oh, yeah. here in America, is because we've, we've misplaced where we should be looking to define things. And so when that happens, so now we're in this lens, the things that happened now is if I look at something, I look at the legality of it. Um, and I made this mistake early on. Um, this is legal, so therefore I can do it. Well, Christians don't look at whether man's law says it's legal or illegal. It's what does God say? And so hopefully that begins to, to reveal um, what we're talking about here and, and why it's such a big deal. Because the government um, and the place that we're at now, even though it started very much entwined um, with Christian ethics and morals, is now gradually over the last couple hundred years moved to a place where that's not the case anymore and so before you could kind of be in a safe zone well it's illegal i shouldn't do it and you or it's legal i can do it and i would somewhat line up with god's word in the beginning mm. um still shouldn't have been your god you know god's word should have been god's word and, and held above all else but people weren't really doing that in the beginning anyways and that allowed for this sway this entire time and so now you can't do that at all I mean because when you look at what the government says the government 
is pretty much anything goes at this point. It's it's wildly out of control. And so if that's your lens, if that's what you're looking at, if that's how you justify the things in your life, you're missing it drastically because now we've arrived at a post-Christian society. So Christian society is defined and driven by the values of Jesus. Post-Christian is defined and driven by the values of the government. Um, and and that's kind of where we're at now. Um, I promised Caleb I would do this. No, he actually probably warned me against it. One of the biggest places we see this now. <laughs> um, here, we're in Oklahoma. Um, we're in the middle of the Bible Belt, you know, and and there's a lot of things that we've held on to, um, but there's also this epidemic going on around us where if I step outside, it smells like I've stepped into Woodstock in the <laughs> 60s. Um, and that's because, well, the government says that it's okay that, that I smoke weed all day. Okay, um, there's some very narrow things in there where you might get a good argument with me, but the vast majority of people I see, they fall in victim to things like idolatry and they're back in substance abuse. But we have people who are walking out there, quote unquote, recovery, um, and they're, <laughs> I mean, smoking more weed than, um, what's his name? Um, the one hillbilly, long-haired guy, Barack Rocker. Willie oh, Nelson. I Willie Nelson. Yeah. yeah, I was going to uh, Cheech and Chong, but yeah, I, yeah, I just completely you were like, blank there. I'm just like, hillbilly, I'm like, oh, they're not hillbillies. Yeah, he's not hillbilly. But it's just like, really? Like, you're in recovery? Or, or they wonder what's going on. Yeah, I'm really struggling at work. Um, and so they think, well, I've got this card. The government says it's okay. Um, some some quack on the internet said it's great for my anxiety, <laughs> and um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna get high. Um, and so again, you're 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 operating in a post-Christian worldview. Um, you're allowing the government to define what you should do, and you've stepped away from God's word, um, and and you're pursuing something that's unhealthy. And it, unfortunately. Sometimes it takes a really long time down that road before you begin to wake up and realize, man, this is robbing me of the things that God has for me. Now again, there's some narrow places where you, you can make a solid argument for this. The vast majority of people I encounter, you're, just, you're a drug addict, stop smoking weed. Like, um, yeah. and I have the same argument for alcohol, if you wanna come at me with that. I don't think people should drink. So, I mean, we could, we could get off in that. And I, again, I think that's a worldview from um, from the government. The government said this is legal. People are like, it's okay, I can do this. And now we have bars and theaters, and you know, you can't even go to a 45 minute walk through the aquarium with your kid without a mixed drink. And then we're like, <laughs> oh, it's okay. Is it okay? Depends is it on okay? your kids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can't walk an hour through a fish tank without a drink. No, I'm fine. I don't like, have a problem. Yeah. Then you um, criticize that smoker who's like, oh, yeah. you can't not smoke. Yeah, can't, I mean, and so, <laughs> and, and what, what we see is there's just a larger and larger shift of, of abuse in our culture. And I'm not talking about physical abuse. I'm talking about um, the abuse of creation, substances and things that we've created that we hold up to um, look to for, for comfort in our lives, for direction in our life, for release in our life, for all of these things. They don't come from God, they come, um, these are concepts from man. Uh, that's not the intent here. And, and we've moved fully into a post-Christian society where we justify all of these things, turn after turn after turn, and we continue to, to drift farther and farther out. And I mean, I just, people wake up. When, when are people gonna wake up? Never. Never. <laughs> yeah, we're we're pretty much doing it, I think, as a society. But that's that's but that's the cynic it means. But you know, to to, to yeah, to put that under a, a kind of an umbrella principle, and what we're talking about here is that, you know, like Aaron was talking about. So, you know, with with marijuana, the um, 
it's it is it's a lot like you know alcohol like alcohol has been legal for you know forever we tried to make it illegal when we wanted it so mad we you know we made it legal again i mean yeah. not only did we make it illegal we made it you know we passed a, an amendment against it which is a really hard thing to do yeah. and then we you know passed another amendment <laughs> to, to do away with that one so i mean like we really wanted it um and you know the the, the thing is here is like so Really, there's not. I mean, every now and then, you know, you know, there'll be the the random article in the in some magazine about how you know, like red wine is good for your heart or whatever. So, so we, we try to justify that thing with a little bit of a health benefit. But there's there's really not a lot of health benefit with alcohol. But you know, we do science does acknowledge that there's you know the benefits for you know anxiety um, with with medical marijuana. That you know, it's it's very narrow what it what it does um, in that regard. But yeah, as soon as as soon as um, the government here, you know, put a rubber stamp on that, said okay, it's okay to use, then it's like, oh man, this thing cures everything, you yeah. know. And it was like, so what? But, but but what that played on was that this is something we just wanted, right? It just makes us feel good, just like any other drug. Um, and and it, you know, when I say the word drug, I'm talking about any drug, anything that you know you take to change your your state, right? So alcohol is a drug. Um, sugar can be considered a, a drug, in a sense. Um, you know, there's obviously all the other that are, you know, still illegal drugs. You know, mar marijuana is a drug. All those things, we just wanted it because it made it made us feel good. And then as soon as the government said, well, it's okay, then we go, oh, it's okay, without any sort of thought about, was this the right thing to do? Is this the moral thing to do? We're seeing the same thing in the, in the area of sex, right? I mean, back, you know, Christian church used to hold the, um, you know, principle. And some, you know, some churches still hold to it fairly firm that you know sex outside of marriage is wrong we, we we don't need to shack up before we get married to see if we're quote-unquote compatible now we're a tribe before you buy it society yeah exactly you know well i gotta figure out if we're compatible it's like well as long as your parts are in the same place everybody else's are then you're <laughs> compatible you know it's but um but that's the same we but now we've we've mainstreamed sex right well you know that's just you're supposed to you're supposed to hook up when you date, you're supposed to live together first before you marry. You're supposed to, because this is what culture and society and government says. Um, you know, porn has now become, you know, something that used to be looked upon as gross and dirty. And you know, back when they, you know, first started, which was like the second movie ever made. There was like the first movie, which was that train <laughs> thing, and then then like somebody, you know, that's man mankind's nature. Is like the second one was like porn. So, yeah. but. Well, and it used to be such a place. I mean, you had like these shady, deep-seated places. You needed to put on a trench coat and a hat to, to right. go and, and to hide It was this. in the bad side of town. Yeah. Um, now <laughs> porn stars are are like movie stars, you know, and they're glorified and, oh, yeah. they're, you know, they're social media stars. Well, and now we've got, you know, OnlyFans, so you can be your own porn star. And, um, I mean, so it's... As, as soon as culture is, and you're celebrated for it. Yeah, as soon as culture has has rubber stamped these things, or the government has rubber stamped these things, said this is now okay, because it plays into our our base nature, which is what what as Christians we're we're kind of fighting against. We're trying to trying to rise above that, you know, trying to rise above our animalistic instincts. And um, that's one of the main premises of the gospel here is to to fight against that. Actually, you know, when we, we do, you know, because the world will continue to say that things that are not okay are okay, and our flesh wants to hear that because then we get justification. And one of the whole premises for um, the gospel is not just so we don't go to hell, but it's to, to fight against this, to, 
to now um, crucify your flesh. Christ has been crucified so you could be saved. Now crucify your flesh. That there's a connotation, but we've got Christians in the post-Christian society that miss that. It's like, oh, Jesus died for me. I'm gonna give in to all my sinful nature so I can just go on sinning because I know I'm not gonna burn in hell now. Right. No. <laughs> no, that's not how it works. Well, and you know, and the, the principle is set in Genesis when God was like, he created man, he made us different. He set us apart from the animals. He gave us his, he made us in his image, right? So we're different than the animals, so we shouldn't act like the animals. And I mean, again, that's what, that's part of what sets us, that's what set us apart is that, you know, God's nature is imbued in us and we were not to be like animals. And yet that's what everything about our culture and society and stuff is, is gearing towards and that's being post-Christian is that you do what makes you feel good and that's that's all that matters your your quote-unquote truth which makes no sense that phrase I hate it don't use that ever this is my truth no it's your experience yeah. it's, you don't have your own truth um, one truth yeah <laughs> and um, and that's that's our goal in life now is just to fulfill our own carnal needs and knowledge and that's where we're getting into why, you know, so now living out our recovery in a post-Christian society is so much tougher. And this is why we're struggling with so many more people that have addiction issues is because everything, everything is given to, you You know, you're told to just in, engage in and, you know, feast upon any desire that you want as much as you want. And that's okay because it's you and it's what you want. And that's the most important thing is we're celebrating you and me, 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 I, I, I. I want, and there's no desire to do better or to find what God's will is for your life or to live, you know, according to any sort of Christian uh, morals or ethics. And um, so, yeah, as, as, so how do we live out a recovery or how do we even move into a recovery when everybody's telling you, you know, not only should you not feel bad about, you know, smoking as much marijuana as you want or drinking as much alcohol as you want or sleeping around as much as you want, not only or content that you're consuming. I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, anything you want to do, that's fine. Yeah, it's, it's whatever you know. Love whoever you want to want. I mean, just whatever. And so, yeah, how do we? Back to our our main topic is how do we? Not only live, you know, move into recovery, but then live it out when we're surrounded with it and told all the time that we should engage in whatever it is that we're struggling with. Yeah. So I mean, and the question I mean really starts with this: who's right? Who's wrong? Um, because again, we, we want, when somebody comes alongside us and says the things that we want is okay, we immediately want to latch on to that truth. And you know what Caleb said, you can't have your own truth, there's one truth. So you need to begin to ask yourself, who's right in this and who's wrong? Um, and so again, if you're going to move back or stay in the, the Christian point of view, Christian worldview, um, and, and walk that out, then your only lens can be God's word. What does God's word say in this moment? It can't be what um, Mammy Joe says or Billy Bomb <laughs> or you know your cousin Sue or whoever or you know oh, I heard this guy this on person YouTube. Instagram that I, I watched. Yeah, I've watched 17 YouTube videos and they all told me how God created marijuana for me to personally use and smoke all day long or um, that right. that having seven you know girlfriends is okay and I can watch porn. I mean, no, YouTube is YouTube your God. Because that's what you're telling me that, that there's only there's only one place to go to really reconcile what's right and wrong. Now listen, I get it. It's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable for me as a person to look in the mirror and say, "Ah, oh, I'm missing it here. I shouldn't do this. Um, I got to reevaluate." 
but but that's what we're called to do and that's the decision we have to make you can either continue to, to be lost to go down that road or fight against culture because that, that's the place that we're at we have to begin to fight against culture um, to maintain our convictions to push back and to pursue the things of God. Romans 12, one through two, it says this, says, and so dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you, give your bodies to God because of all he's done for you. Now when it's talking about bodies here, the thing to, to really remember is we're, we're a spirit being, we have a soul, that's our, our mind, will, emotions, and we live in a body. And so what it's talking about is these, these fleshly desires, these, these things, because our spirits made new as Christians, but, but these other things aren't made new instantly. They have to go through a process. So. Um, to give your bodies, to give these other things. Spirits made new, now give your mind, will, emotions, your flesh, your body over to God because of all he's done for you. Let them be living in holy sacrifice. Um, sacrifice is uncomfortable. I don't know if you know that. It's, mm -hmm. it's not. I mean, so if you're coming to a place where things are uncomfortable, you're like, oh, maybe I'm not going the right way. Maybe you are. <laughs> this is hard. Yeah. This means it's wrong. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Again, this is truly the way to worship him. Not raise your hand in church, say a prayer, and then go and do all the same things you were doing. That's not the way. Giving your body is a, a living and holy sacrifice. In the uncomfortableness, still pursuing God. This is truly the way to worship him. I love this next part. Um, and hopefully you hear this. Don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world. What? Like, <laughs> I, really? I thought that's all we were supposed to spend our time doing is getting on you know, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok, seeing what everybody else is doing. Oh, they're eating 17 Tide Pods. I should eat 17 Tide Pods too. Yeah. Um, I mean, they're cheating on their wife. I should do that too. I mean, they said it's okay. It's fun. No. That's an open relationship, yeah, man. We're just yeah. living our truth. Do not <laughs> copy. Do not copy the behaviors and customs of this world unless that's going to be your God. Now, God's not going to save you. Just, just a heads up. Right. Um, but that, that's what you're doing there. When you pursue the things of the world, you're copying the behaviors and customs of the world. You've made that your God. That's your savior. That's not gonna play out for you. Um, do not copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but let God, let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. So God will do this work. We have to lean into him. So we come to these crossroads in our lives probably daily at least, sometimes even more than that, where you have to make decisions. Am I gonna go uh, left with the world or am I gonna go right with God? And you choose to, hopefully choose to go right with God. And he does a work in your mind and he helps you through this. Um, these things are revealed through his word. So, you know, you gotta spend time with God, spend time reading his word um, so you can not define your truth, but learn the truth. Um, <laughs> so he can renew your mind. And so um, let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think then then only then only after god does this work not after you be you know get your phd in, in facebook economics or whatever um only through god then you will know god's will for you which is good pleasing and perfect and so when we talk about maintaining our our walk our recovery in a post-christian culture again it's it's all centered around jesus which again, here at Cedar Point Recovery on Let's Talk Recovery, we believe everything's centered around Christ, especially being centered around Christ. <laughs> I yeah. mean, that's yeah. the thing. I mean, as a church, we miss it. Oh, I'm gonna be a Christian. Christian means Christ-like, means you're, you're following him. And so you cannot be a Christian and define everything in your life by culture standards. It does not right. work that way. It does not work that way. You've missed the definition of Christian. You've missed what Jesus came to do. You're missing it. 
you're missing it and, and we don't want you to i don't want you to and again i get this is uncomfortable these aren't fun conversations and people hear you talk about these things you're like oh they're weird um yeah. or whatever else it's like no we just we just want to follow god's word to the best of our ability um out, out of love I, I love you even if you're failing i know caleb loves you if you're failing he doesn't want you to touch him but he still <laughs> loves you um, that's right just, just keep to yourself um, that's all. but uh <laughs> You know, it's, so it's not one of these things where we want you to feel bad about yourself, but we want you to see truth. Um, because if I love you, then I, I have to say, I have to tell you the truth. You know, if we really care about people, we have to present them with truth. Because we're over here with, with the truth of you, you follow Jesus and that road's narrow or the road to hell is wide. And so there's an eternity. I mean, so if, if that's the, what I'm walking around with and that's what I truly believe, well, then what kind of hypocrite am I if I don't say, hey, this, this is the truth of God's word here, and this is where we feel like you're missing it. And so we've got to continuously renew our mind and center everything around God's word. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, what you're talking about is basically what I, I like to call nowadays is we have buffet religion, which buffet faith is that basically you, you, you know, well, I'm Christian, but I, you know, I'm not married to the person I'm living with. I'm, you know, I just pursue all the things that I want to do. You know, it's like, well, and what you do when I when I say buffet religion, I'm saying is that you go, well, I like going to the church because the music's nice and the pastor seems nice and that Jesus guy seems like a nice guy. But I'm gonna, I'm not gonna take these other things like the social things. Well, you know, uh, the the Bible was written back in the long time ago, and so that was different then. So it doesn't apply to us now. And it's like, okay, you haven't cracked the Bible ever like you haven't read through you know maybe even the, the, the gospel so don't tell me about what the bible says or doesn't say or what it means if you haven't actually studied it yeah but i watched but, that youtube video yeah that's right yeah my well my friends do it and he's a pastor or, you know i follow this celebrity pastor down in houston that has a big church and he says everything's okay um anyway i won't name names um <laughs> But what we do is then we take we take the things that we like out of out of religion. Well, I'm a nice person, and um, you know I, I give some money here to charity, and I you know I'm, I serve on the welcome team, and I do that thing. But then all these things that I don't like that I'd rather do, well, then I'll write those off and I'll rationalize this off as far as like, well, this isn't what you know. That's not Christianity. This isn't. And we we decide what what Christianity is, and, that, and you can't do that. Like, you know, a basic. You know, basic apologetic lesson here is like, if there's a God, right? Is there a God? Is there not a God, right? That's the first. That's the first step. Like we have to decide if that's a thing. And then, if there's a God, does that God have any sort of involvement in this world? You know, like we were talking about earlier, there's the deist and the theist. The theist thinks there's, you know, God has some sort of say in what's going on nowadays. And if he does, okay, well, how do we understand him more? And if we look at, you know, then we start to look at religion different religions and we, we we examine the different claims and truths that they make and we find out is there any sort of you know is there any substance there is any is there a, a there there so to speak and then if we go to Christianity and we say okay well this is the one that I feel like is you know from when I examine it this makes this you know the sense to me and this is what I'm going to believe if I'm going to believe that there's a God that God sent his son to die for on the you know to earth and he died on the cross for my sins then that's the truth that's my that's the truth you know and that's that means i'm going to have to live by what god wants me to do yeah. not what i want to do i don't get to be god i don't get to go god i don't like this part of things so i'm going to do this that's that's rebellion against god's will and what he's told us to do like 
this is how he wants us to live our life. As Christians, we go, this is how he wants to live our life. That, that means we get to, we have to take in it all. It doesn't mean we get to pick. It doesn't mean we get to tell God, well, God, I don't think you're right on this one. Yeah. God made that decision. God, God tells us and we do. That's, that's how it works. We don't get to water it down and decide and pick and choose. Um, I'm going to take the mac and cheese off the buffet line, but leave the salad. Like, no, we don't, we have to, we have to take it all as it is. Yeah, God's either 100% right or, or you believe he's 100% wrong. There's there's no in-between there, and, and that's what we have to begin to, to reconcile and, and to pursue things um, just according to him and according to his word. You know, if, you, if you're familiar with the story of Daniel at all, you know, you see this, uh, just the cost of this here, or the potential cost. You know, Daniel, they were uh, exiled from... Um, um, their, their homeland, they were taken um, to Nebuchadnezzar's court, him, um, it was Adrach, Meshach, and Abednego, um, and uh, they were all put into Nebuchadnezzar's court, and, and things began to kind of fly in the face, you know, they were no longer in their um, <clears throat> Jewish culture, it was before Jesus, so it wasn't a Christian culture, but they had to, they, it was still the same God, you know, are we going to follow God, or are we going to bow down and worship Him? And, you know, with their culture, that that's what they had to look at. Now, the thing is, as things started going badly, Daniel didn't change anything that he was doing. He didn't like, oh, you guys are going the wrong way, I'm going to start worshiping God now to, to go against you. No, Daniel was just, that was just what he was about from the very beginning, that's what we need to be about from the very beginning. But, um, he ended up in this scenario where it's like, you're either going to do this or you're gonna die you know you're gonna you're gonna be burned um and uh daniel was thrown into lion's den adrak meshach and abednego were thrown into some type of was it golden don't want a calf bull golden bull or bronze bull bronze bull um and they were gonna get burned alive um because of they, they were going to continue to do what they knew to do. You talk about an uncomfortableness. We're not faced with anything like that okay. in our culture. It's just like, well, people are going to think that I'm weird. Okay? Yeah. Um, like, that, that's a thing. I that's hope a you thing. survive. Yeah. Um, yeah, they, they <laughs> might. Um, I get that. I, I have family members who, you know, wonder what's wrong with me, why I change. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, I used to be a meth addict, and you're, you're wondering what's wrong with me now. I was an alcoholic for 10 years. And now you have issue? Yeah. <laughs> Pull your life together, yeah. Aaron. <laughs> like, what are you doing going to that church all the time? I know. There's some type of cult? It's like, no, the drugs were the cult, man. Now, now it's freedom here. And so we face those things, and it's just like, and then we begin to question what we're doing. Uh, all my old friends that I used to, you know, drink with and those women I used to have sex with, they're not talking to me anymore. Um, they, they think something's wrong with me. And, yeah. and it's like, so that becomes our lens. And then we want to go back to doing what we're doing because why? I mean, there's there's not only truth here, but there's there's joy, there's direction, there's purpose, there's there's everything when we fall in line with the call of God and we're not even facing anything. But you had these guys that were facing their lives, like their literal lives, horrific ways to die and and they stood tall in the face of it why because it's worth it because it's not even about the right now I, you know i don't i don't live this way um so i can have a better life right now i live this way because god saved me for eternity he's done all these things and, and my response to that is all right i'm going to pursue you if i believe this to be true if i believe you've saved me for an eternity and that's putting my faith and hope in jesus christ and that's my belief here and, and you know i believe that you've you've done that and and because you've done that i also believe you called me to do this um and live this way then my response is out of gratitude and a humble heart all right you'll be lord I'm going to surrender because you've done something I can't do. 
I, I need you, like, in all these ways. And because of that, I'm going to serve you. I mean, so that's, that's just the response. That's why we live that way. And so we need to stand bold. These guys got that. They knew it wasn't about the right now. It was about it was about the forever, like the forever, forever, and and so they stood in the face of it, in the face of real, true persecution, and did the right thing. And we faced minor things, incredibly minor, especially in this culture. And you know what's sad? You know when we look at you know our country becoming a post-Christian society, and we have it so easy here as believers, we really do. Um, there's there's places across the world where you know here in America the church is declining. Christians are in decline. Mm-hmm. That that that's sad. That grieves my heart. A country that was founded on the principles of Jesus. You've got other places in the world, um, Iraq, Afghanistan, China, where the church is India. India. The church is booming. Mm-hmm. They die. They die for believing in Jesus. Like our neighbor might look at us funny, and we're like, yeah. oh yeah, maybe not. Uh, what? Somebody what? might tell you they're offended. <laughs> yeah. What? Somebody yeah. say you're a bigot. Which isn't even a true statement. Right. <laughs> um, it's their ignorance. Yeah. It's their ignorance that they speak out of. And, 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 and we get offended by somebody who's completely ignorant. Yeah. And so we walk <laughs> away from our faith or we won't be bought in 100% because yeah. of those things. Because yeah. of those things. Those keep you on the fence. That keeps you on the fence. Yeah. And in other places, the church is booming and growing. And people will literally get their heads cut off right. for saying they believe in Jesus. Yeah. And, and we've just, we've got to learn to push back. We don't I mean, show up on a Sunday and worry about the cops coming and raiding our yeah. church like they do in China. We've got to know what the stakes are here. And, and the stakes are not so you can feel better about yourself because you went to church on Sunday. That's not what we're, that's not, that's not the thing. Like you've got to, you've got to really reconcile in your heart. Is God's word true? If God's word's true, then, then what, what does that say about the way you should live your life and how you should walk it out daily? I mean, really evaluate that. And, and if you're still actively pursuing sin in your life without any type of conviction, you're, you're wrong. Um, and I have to make those evaluations on a regular. Caleb does too. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're not perfect no. people here, um, but we just this has to be said because our culture, the church, um, so-called Christians in our society, continue to drift further and further in this abysmal direction. And, and we've got to take a stand now and, and hold on to our faith, hold on to our recovery, stop being duped, stop being deceived, stop being drug away in all these directions and realize what is at stake here, who's your God gonna be and reconcile what you're gonna do and then do it, faithfully do it. Stand in the face of adversity. Yeah, so uh, yeah, I mean, that's the thing, the, the, the whole, our through line here at the beginning of this, of this yeah, I would say the, the first half, but we're, we're gonna go on for a while, big surprise, but, um, <laughs> The kind of the through line here is that as Christians, we have to rediscover our conviction, right? The conviction that our founders had to get on a boat, sail into the unknown, to found a country so they could practice freely their faith. I mean, we need to refine that as, as believers. And we need to say, you know, if, if I'm going to identify as a Christian, well, that comes from the Word of God. And if, if I'm going to say, okay, well, if this is what the Bible says, then this is what I need to do. You know, we need to find that conviction. And so then when society comes at us and say, it's okay to, to sleep around, it's no, it's not. That's not what's, that's not okay. It's okay to indulge in this thing that we tell you, you know, the government says this is okay. Um, it's legal. So you can do that. You can do as much of that as you want. No, it's not okay. It's not, it's against my faith. My faith has to be more important to me than what the government tells me is okay or what society or culture tells me is okay what guides me and 
the, the principles that I abide by come from my God, not from my government, and not from my culture, and not from society. And, you know, and this is, you know, in, we were talking about, you know, where we're going to, you know, we're going to offend somebody. It's like, listen, we don't have to be jerks about the thing. We don't have to sit there and, you know, call people names when we say no. We just have to say no. Say, hey, I, you know, that that's just not for me. I'm not going to do that. You know, if they're going to come at me and say, well, this is, you have to acknowledge this thing that goes against, you know, biblical principles. And I'm just like, well, you know, I, you know, hey, if you want to do that, I guess that's up to you. But I, no, I'm not going to acknowledge that. I'm not going to, I'm not going to acknowledge your truth as you, you know, you want to say, well, this is, you know, I'm, I can love who I want or I can, you know, be who I want to be or whatever. I don't have, you know, if you want to do that, you can, but I don't have to, and I don't have to acknowledge that. I don't have to, and I, you know, and if they get offended, then fine that's that's on them not me i'm not you know i'm not my intent is not to offend but trust me the i being the person that i am i can't i can't but help offend people with the way i say things and i never intend to offend people i just i just speak what i think is true and that 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 the truth is offensive to people sometimes and i'm you know and i don't say it to people like well i just go out of my way to tell people whatever i just say what i think and you know if it offends people i'm sorry but that's nobody that is one freedom that we won't find in the Constitution is it freedom to, to not be offended um, uh, so um, so that is that is our, our main point is that you, you know as Christians and especially in your recovery you're gonna have to find that conviction you're gonna have to find the conviction to live as a Christ follower to understand what that means and live it out and understand that that is the truth that is not a truth or your truth that is the truth and we're going to live our life in accordance with that and so now we're going to talk a little bit about some a couple other things that we can do right as far as you know to strengthen our resolve and to strengthen ourselves as we live out of recovery in this post-christian society so one of those things that i put is that you should spend at least as i'm not asking a lot here just spend half <laughs> half as much time learning about your faith as you spend on social media like you know huh. there's i i I mean, since you've already died on the Catholics a little bit, I'll, I'll go ahead and get the rest of us. There's uh, the, the proportion of Christians that think that Mormons are a denomination of Christianity is astonishing to me. It and, is. Like, and the reason that is is because, you know, and again, here's a thing that I've said that is probably offensive to some people. I'm not, I'm not saying they're bad people. I'm not saying anything about them as a person or a type or whatever. I'm just saying they're not Christian. They're not yeah. a Christian denomination. They, they have a different faith. And that's fine. If they want to believe that, that's fine. I'm not telling, I'm not, you know, I don't claim to be a Jew because the first half of my Bible has books <laughs> that the Jews follow. Like, that's not, that's not how it works. So, but the reason that is allowed, you know, so many Christians believe that is because so many Christians don't know their own faith. Yeah. They don't know their own faith, and then they haven't investigated the claims that, like the Mormons make to understand why it's different. And, and I mean, it, they are completely different things, completely different things. I mean, they Mormons piggyback off the the Bible, um, but they're completely different. And yet we're just like, oh yeah, they're 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 just another. I read an article. It was from the AP, the Associated Press. It was from the religious writer that was talking about the decline of Christianity in America. And their opening paragraph was about how this Mormon person had stopped going to their church. And that was like, <laughs> they're not Christian, yeah. you know? So um, that's, that's one thing. 
if you're going to say, this is how I'm going to live my life, you should at least know a little bit of something about it. You know, you should spend at least as much time or half, like I said, again, half the time you spend on your fantasy football team and researching and understanding the stats of your make-believe quarterback or however that works. I don't do fantasy football. But if you're going to spend that much time on that, maybe maybe half the time? I yeah. mean, is that too much to ask uh, on, on the person you say is guaranteeing well, we your salvation? Some time. Just sometime, yeah. yeah. Maybe maybe a quarter, maybe a quarter of the time. I don't know. But understand, like, you, I don't know, re- read the Bible. Like, just any of it. Just uh, yeah. give me something. Yeah. Begin to, <laughs> yeah, begin to just understand just a little bit. I mean, how can you stand against untruths unless you know the truth? I mean, and, and that's why nobody does stand is because yeah. we don't know. We, we don't know what we believe. Walking around, it's like... Uh, you know, they sing that song, roaring like a lion. It's like, oh, the lion of Judah. It's like, you're a paper tiger. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's no roaring. Made out of tulip paper. Have yeah. that. Like, the, the, single the, ply. <laughs> yeah, the moment something comes against you, you fold because you don't know. Oh, yeah. You don't know. You've done zero work to, to research uh, anything yeah. that comes out of anybody's mouth. And, and again, I'm, I'm all for, you know, listening to sermons. Um, I'm a pastor. I preach. I hope you listen to me. Um I hope you also open up your Bible and make sure that the things that I'm telling you are accurate. I mean, yeah. I'm a, I'm a There's plenty man. of pastors, yeah. some in Houston yeah. and big churches that say a lot of things that aren't <laughs> biblical, and we just go along with it because we don't know we don't know enough to yeah. discern it. You, yeah, you've got to do. I mean, not just to stand against the world, but untruth in the church, and, and that's not a new thing. This has been going on since the beginning, yeah. since the way first started. Um, it's right. even in the it's in the New Testament. If yeah. you've read that part, in the, the, <laughs> where Paul's going around and having to, hey, I know this guy said this thing, but that's not that's, that's not that's what not true. that's not true, and we correct it, and he corrects it, and, and, and by reading that, you go, oh, okay, this is what we're you know this is what Christians believed back when you know. It, the whole thing started and then that's how i know what i should you know believe and um but yeah like but surely that's changed over time I oh mean, yeah well you know that was, that was a different culture back then yeah so. they, completely different you know yeah it's, it's, uh, they didn't understand no they didn't understand jesus like we understand jesus yeah, i mean i know internet. they were around them they didn't have the internet they didn't have cars that's right so completely different that's not even <laughs> applicable so <laughs> yeah but um so yeah so spend some time actually reading your bible spend some time reading you know books about the bible spend some time learning about how to defend your faith paul tells us that we you know always be prepared to give an answer for for the hope that lies within you and um that's that's the whole premise behind apologetics which is a defense of your faith like read um read uh, my my life group right now we're going through mere christianity by c.s lewis like it's it's a very good beginner kind of book on how we arrive at you know Christian faith from almost like a philosophical standpoint like read things that support your faith I mean if, if, you, if we're talking about you know people walking away from the faith when you know something hits them it's if you're in the you know if you kind of keep your thumb on the pulse of the, the Christian world there's over the past I don't know five years or so there's been a number of um, you know main Christian influencers or, or you know Christian worship artists that you know, post this big long thing on Instagram about why they're becoming an atheist. All of a sudden, everybody's, everybody's shocked and amazed. And yeah. then you read their whole their their treatise on why you know. Well, I've had I had questions that I just couldn't find answers to. Questions like why do bad things happen? And you know, if God's all good, why do bad things happen? And it's like you obviously didn't do any <laughs> sort of research because you think this is the arrogance of our, our culture today is to think that we're the first people to come up with questions like that. 
Christianity has been around for a while. Yeah. We're not the first ones to think that up. And there's a lot of people, a lot of really smart people who have wrote on that throughout history. A lot of church leaders that have gone into great excruciating detail on all sorts of things like that. And these people who act like they, you know, have some sort of sway in the, in the, in the Christian world or culture, like, you know, think they're so brave and whatever for walking away from something that they did nothing to understand, you know, and it's like, okay, you're, you're just weak is what you are. Yeah. And you're a joke, um, you know, and, and you, you know, I hope you finally, you know, maybe take yourself out of the center of your own universe, put God in there and, and, and actually do some research and understand what you believe before you, you know, pop off again on Instagram and sound like a total moron to anybody who's done any sort of research on that thing. But anywho, there's my rant. So, right, read the Bible, right? Yeah. That's that's step one. Read yeah. the Bible. <laughs> yeah. Get plugged into a Bible-believing church, yep. you know. Surround yourself with other believers. Yeah, I mean, and uh, just to kind of back up just a little bit, even talking about people who've walked away, you know, the sad truth is when, when they stumble and fall like that, people always go with them because people have put their hope yeah. and belief in them instead of foundational truths like yeah. God's word. <laughs> well, that's exactly what infuriates me. That's yeah. what makes me rant about this because yeah, some, some guy like, who doesn't oh, know anything puts that out and everybody really else. like them. They yeah. were, if they don't believe, I just don't they know. They must be right. Now my I'm world's crushed. My yeah. Why? <laughs> You're not the center of my world. Yes. Like God is. God's unchanging, you know, forever the same. And so that's why you've got to really work at having foundational truths. Um, you know, here at Cedarport Recovery, you know, we have we have essential things we want you to walk away with and, and to really study that are that are pertinent to your faith so you can stand firm. Read your Bible is one. You know, love love God. Like have a, a true love for God, and love's not an emotion; it's an action. Where you continuously right. pursue Him through prayer, love people. You know that we've got to begin have an active prayer life. Yeah. What? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Again, spend less time on social media, more time pursuing these essentials and, and these foundational truths, so that you can stand against culture. And when your your favorite you know, pop Christian artist um, decides that they're going to walk away with God so they can justify an affair um, that, yeah. that you're still good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully your faith is strong enough to withstand such a beating from some third rate Christian artist. That, uh, yeah. But you know, we make those jokes, but it's happened. Yeah. It's happened. That's why we, you know, and it, and, and here's the thing too. And, and I was going to bring this up at the very beginning because I know this is somewhere out there whenever, you know, we get past our tens of listeners and somebody hears this and the, the objection is going to be, well, you know, that's an example of why Christianity is wrong is because, you know, this pop Christian artist had an affair and walked away or because, you know, we we're talking about at the beginning, we we're talking about women's rights and, you know, Jesus is one of the first, you know, Christianity was one of the first places where we, we see people advocating for that kind of thing. Like, well, the, you know, Christians are, you know, they, they're, subjugate women and blah, 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 and Christians, you know, own slaves and stuff. It's like, okay, the objection to that is that, you know, just because we misapply things because we're humans, right? Humans make up the church, right? And, and none of us are perfect. And because we've misapplied things, or maybe some people who've even done things in the name of Christianity without being Christian um, or with no intent of you know, progressing the cause of Christianity just so they can get the Catholic Church, <laughs> so they can get their um, get their own benefit from that, right? Uh, so they can, you know, profit from it. 
um, those kinds of just because that stuff has happened because people are evil doesn't make Christianity wrong, right? I mean, if I take a car and plow it through a crowd of people and it's a Ford, it doesn't mean Ford Motor Com- you know, Company is, is evil or that that's what they made their vehicles for. I, I took it and used it for evil, evil purposes or I mis- misapplied the use of it. If I take a screwdriver and start trying to hammer in a nail with it, I'm like, this doesn't work. Well, that's not what it's made for. You misapplied the tool. You misapplied this thing. And of course it's not going to work. And, and so, you know, it, and, 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 and that just makes more of a case for why you should investigate your faith. Because if you're going off what other people do, other people are flawed. Other people are, are imperfect and they're going to mess up. And if that's what you're basing that off of, that's the same argument. Everybody's like, well, I don't go to church because there's a bunch of hypocrites in the church. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. And broken people. Well, you lost and, people. And you would just be one more. So yeah. come join the group. You know? Sinners. <laughs> it's like, what, what does that have to do with you? You know, that's a rationale for you to say, well, I just don't want to go to church. Just say, I don't want to go to church. But, I mean, exactly. This is, well, that, that's your reason for not coming, but you, you're a sinner too. And, like, then again, because some people don't understand their faith or misapply it or just, you know, being human. I mean, I, I'm not perfect. I try to follow God as best as I can. But you know what? I still have irrational anger. Every time I drive or go into Walmart, I want to bludgeon people. I mean, that's just yeah. my nature. And <laughs> I, and luckily I don't because um, I can still do this podcast and that kind of thing. But um, I like not being in jail. But um, but that's not that's Caleb's on, retirement plan, though. Yeah. To start beating people to that's death. That's right. Then I'll be the government. Free breakfast. Can, that's right. Government can support me. <laughs> um, but if, if, you know, my anger is not on God, that's not on Jesus that's not on that's not a reflection of Christianity it's a reflection of me and my brokenness and me trying and, and me the fact that I'm not doing those things is a reflection of God because that's me living out more of his purpose and his his calling on my life is to to love others not to hit them <laughs> and 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 to do the right things um, and to live out a, a moral life and so that's you know like I said we can't blame Christianity for man's failings. Yeah. So, um, and Caleb's absolutely right. Mm. And uh, later on, we're going to do an episode. Just uh, it's going to be about miracles, and that's going to be like the number one. It like is the miracles Every of day. Caleb's life. Just to, to <laughs> every just, day, I'm still yeah, free. Yeah, help people just to see <laughs> um, just how real Jesus is. <laughs> um, but <laughs> lost track of what I was. I know we all about. laugh, but if you had any idea, <laughs> if you had any real idea, what's going through my head? Uh, but you know, it is, it's just one of those things that we, we have to stand firm, um, in our convictions. We have to, you got to reconcile the cost up front too. You know, Paul said, um, to live as Christ, to die is gain. And what Paul was saying is this is worth everything that no matter what, if Jesus is at the center, it's worth it. Um, and that's what we have to do. We got to reconcile the cost of this moving forward, be able just to, to stand in our convictions, um, and to, to know the truth, invest time into knowing, into understanding what you believe, why you believe it. And then once you've reconciled all that, what, what can this cost me? Should be everything. Cause that's, that's what, that's the call. That's what we're called to is we're called to, to be willing to, to give it all up. Um, you know, Jesus even, um, I can't remember the verse right now off the top of my head, but you know, Jesus's family even came to me and 
get, or came, his family came to him and began to try to get to him. And somebody stops, like, hey, your mother and your brothers are here. And he's like, who is my mother? Who is my brother? Um, and then basically laid out, you've got to be willing to even give up your loved ones um, for him. And um, so again, what's it, what's it worth to you? To me, it's worth everything. Like this, this is the thing, the only thing. And, and I hope that that's the place that you get to because that's the call, that if you're gonna label yourself Christian, that, that's the place you have to arrive. If you haven't arrived there, you should evaluate. <laughs> is, is this for you? Is this, is this where you're at? Because that's, that's the thing. <laughs> yeah. um, but uh, there's this uh, last statement as we kind of wrap up. Um, I really want to say it. Caleb wrote it down. And so um, he probably stole it anyways. But I'm going to let him. Actually, I didn't. No. It just okay. came to me last night. It wasn't at 3 a.m., but when I was watching Cobra Kai, I was... <laughs> I wrote this down, but um, let Doing your really spiritual. Yeah, that's yeah. It was Miyagi came from Miyagi. Um, you know, the, this is one of the last things we do um, as far as living our recovery in this in this world we live in is that to let your faith shape your worldview and not the other way around. All right, don't let don't let your don't let the world shape your um, culture shape your worldview, but that your faith shapes your worldview. And what I mean by that is that, you know, what we're talking about, like society comes at you and says, well, this is, these things are okay to do. And you have to check that against the, the, the truth of God and say, is this, is this right? And if it's not, you don't give into the peer pressure and be like, okay, well, I guess it is, you know, and then we try to find some rationalization or justification for it. We have to live out our life and we have to live out that conviction, the truth that, that's laid out in the Word of God. Or we, you know, see people changing their, their belief system based off of worldview where um, churches now sway um, and bend to what culture says mm -hmm. and their, their very doctrine. Um, we have people, um, you touched on this before we got on, on air, um, talking about how people will pick churches, not based off of theological beliefs and foundational truths, but off of politics. That, yeah. that That's incredibly unhealthy. Right. And, and we can't let these things um, shape our faith um, or shape our worldview that, again, it's got to be at the truth of, of God's Word. Well, yeah, let me see if I can offend everybody else here. I think we've got most people, but let me go for one more. And our, right now, the big one is our politics. And I've talked about this before, is that we we use our our politics to determine what our faith is, and what, what faith or what issues. So, you know, if it's uh, a, a life before, you know, it passes through, the vaginal canal it's like well that that depends on my politics not on my faith it's like yeah. but it, that that's a problem that you know you problem. should your your faith should determine your politics right your faith should and listen there's no there's no political party i'm going to tell you this there's no political party that's going to get it all right right there's no political party that is going to perfectly align with your faith so if you're always you know so to speak voting party line on issues um you're wrong you're wrong yeah <laughs> like because there's you know why because political parties are a thing of man mankind um you know bring it back full circle our founding fathers were against political parties you know and initially they they very against those they didn't they because they believed in the issues now again our political our founding fathers were fallen people and shortly thereafter formed political parties but <laughs> um <laughs> But initially, and before before power before power corrupted, they they were against them, and and that should be, we we should not determine what we think is right or wrong based on what our political party endorses, 
we should decide what's right or wrong based on what God endorses. And then from that, we vote according to those things, you know, for whoever or we believe or support whichever one you feel like you need to believe in. But, um, but like I said, nowadays, again, because government has become our God, political parties have become our churches. And, um, you know, and we worship at the feet and, the, and the, you know, the, the leaders of those parties have become our, our, our pastors or deacons or for you, our priest. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> I know what you're doing yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, th that is where we, we are really losing it. Our, our faith should shape our worldview. Our, our faith should shape our, our opinion on political issues. Like I said, you know, Republicans will put forth something that is wrong on the issue, and we, we're going to not support that thing. Democrats will put something that's wrong on the issues, and we shouldn't support that. I mean, it shouldn't be, well, they said it, so it's right. No. Yeah. Does Where does it fall in line with, with what God says? And that, that determines what's right or wrong. Um, but then lastly, you know, a couple of things, again, we're, we're going way long. I'm going to be real quick. So, again, social norms, what we what we see in culture. Our worldview should decide. Our faith should decide how we how we, how we uh, view those things. Is this right or this wrong? Are, are we supposed to live together, you know, for two years before we get married and make sure everything works out? No, you shouldn't. Actually, and research supports that. Like you're more likely to get divorced if you live together before you get married, than afterwards. Um, so there's so that. So even secular statistics <clears throat> support God's word. Yeah, that's amazing. It seems to, it seems to always work out. Huh. People who are in religious you know, uh, celibate or not celibate, uh, monogamous relationships, uh, married relationships have, you know, are happier, less depression, less anxiety, uh, more satisfying sex life. I mean, everything that you want out of relationships seem to, to work out better in, in a religious. I also hear that people don't, who don't actively indulge in substance abuse on a regular basis, they have better lives too. That, yes, that yeah. tends to be the like case. The quality of life just improves. Yeah. 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 So, so yeah, so that's a that's the thing again, and it um, always, always, always. But you can't you can't measure cultures against the metric of God if you don't know what that metric is, and that only comes from actually breaking open that Bible, not just showing up on a Sunday and being a consumer because you're like, well, they got the good donuts at this church, and I like their their music. It's you know not that old traditional stuff, or it is the traditional stuff, or they use the only correct version of the Bible, the King James version, or you know that's th these th these little things. We you have to know what we believe as Christians, and that takes time and effort and study on your part. Um, so that's how we that's how we live out this this recovery lifestyle and in this society is that we have to do the work and we have to become strong in our faith and we have to let God dictate what how we view the world and not not let the world dictate to us how we should view it yeah absolutely so I want to share a passage with you guys as we close it's Philippians 3 17 through 21 and it says this dear brothers and sisters pattern your lives after mine this is the Apostle Paul talking by the way and learn from those who follow our example for I've told you often before and I say it again with tears in my eyes that there are many whose conduct show they are really enemies of the cross of Christ that's those of the world um, they are headed for destruction and their God is their appetite they brag, brag about shameful things and they think only about this life here on earth man it's like almost like the Bible was meant to apply to everyone through all time that's crazy I don't know so, yeah. it's almost like it's got a turn of value yeah, <laughs> yeah that's weird <laughs> anyways <laughs> and then he goes in verse 20 he says but so 
disregard all of this, this worldview over here that's, that's destructive, that's self-indulgent, but we are citizens of heaven, not citizens of America, not Democrats, not Republicans. Um, you know, if you're a foreigner, not, not of your country, we are citizens of heaven where the Lord Jesus Christ lives and we are eagerly awaiting him to return as our savior. He will take our weak mortal bodies and change them into glorious bodies like his own using the same power um, with which he will bring everything under his control. And so again, Philippians 3, 17 through 20, um, study it. If you're struggling with what we're saying, that's a great thing just to kind of read through, um, do the grasp of. But man, we are grateful for you guys. We're grateful. Um, hopefully that you stuck it to the end here and didn't get off just completely ticked. Um, I hope that we made you uncomfortable at times. Um, I mean, yeah. it's again, it's in those uncomfortable places where we grow, where we're challenged. Um, if you have convictions different than ours, I hope us challenging them causes you to, to go and to read and and see um, to try to prove us wrong. Right. Um, I, I would love to engage in a conversation with you about yeah. that. You, if your if your thinking is never challenged, then you are not growing as a person. No, like you, man. I, 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 you know, it's uncomfortable, especially things that you you are adamant about, or things that you, maybe you grew up principles and things that you grew up with, um, and and they've been with you a long time. But if you don't challenge those thoughts, then you're not being refined and you're not growing. I mean, just just as a thinker, like. And you should want to, trust me, nowadays, please, anybody, you should want to grow as a thinker, like to be a critical <laughs> thinker. We need that more than ever nowadays that we, we look at things and can think critically about them. But, um, you know, if, if you're not being challenged, then I, I need, I want to encourage you to, to start seeking that out. Start challenging your thing. What do you have to lose? Yeah. Right? Like you're either going to confirm that what you believed was right, which is good, or you're gonna find out that it's not right, and then you can move more to to what is right, and that that's while uncomfortable, it's ultimately good, right? I mean, you want to you want to go closer to the truth. I mean, that's what should be our goal to to find a, the truth, not your truth, but find the truth. People who say this is my truth say that because they're too lazy to find out the truth. <laughs> anyway. But, uh, yeah, well, we love you guys. We're grateful that you were just here with us today. Um, again, if you've got any questions, concerns, you want to argue points with us, we'd love for you to reach out to us at church office, 918-283-2221. You can email us at info at cedarpoint.church. But again, we're grateful for you guys. We'd love you. Check us out on all the social medias, the interwebs, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, wherever you're listening to your favorite podcast app, like, review, share. But we will catch you guys right back here next week. <laughs>